Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. For those of you who've listened to any or all of my previous episodes, I want to thank you for coming back again. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, I am thrilled that you've decided to take a listen. I can only imagine how busy you are, and I truly appreciate you taking time to tune in to my show. Don't forget that while you can find this podcast at ayankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. After you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review. It lets me know what I need to work on and what I'm doing well. I would also truly appreciate it if you'd consider sharing a link to the show with your friends, whether they're fans of footy or not. Don't forget you can reach me at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com or on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. As I move into this episode, I wanted to start out by giving a recommendation for another new podcast. Narrowly Meadows has begun a long-form interview podcast called Ordinarily Speaking. That's a great title. I listened to the first episode yesterday, and it was absolutely terrific. I think she's a fantastic interviewer, and Fox Footy, if you don't miss her already, you will very soon. And before I go on, I want to go on the record and say that this cat supporter is now a huge fan of Adam Trelor. Young man, what an inspiring interview, and you are going to be a fantastic father. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. It's an interview with one of the first people to reach out to me on Twitter when I began this journey over five months ago. Rick Shaibani is the host of the Outside 50 podcast and a member of the LA Dragons US AFL squad. And from the reviews on Yelp, he does a great job on the club's uniforms. The second half of this interview was a complete surprise to Rick, and I think you'll enjoy it as much as he did. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving, of course, and enjoy my interview with Rick Shaibani. All right. I would like to welcome Rick Shaibani, the co-host of the Outside 50 podcast, to the show. Rick, welcome. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to to sit down with me. Thanks for having me, Craig. I'm glad we could finally do this. Yeah, we've kind of worked on some different times, and I'm glad we were able to to work this in today, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think we've got some some great things to talk about today, and and you were one of the first people to – to reach out to me on Twitter when I uh, when I began doing this back in October. That's been six months ago that I started putting out feelers saying, "Hey, I'm this dumb American thinking about doing this podcast," and <laughs> nobody nobody really said, "Hey, don't do it." You were very supportive. Um, you you were encouraging. You gave a lot of advice. You you know you said, "Follow me on Facebook. We'll talk." We have. It's been it's been great talking about things with you, learning about the game, you know, learning a little bit about your background. And I really wanted to get you on here and uh, and kind of share your story because you have kind of a unique story from, you know, looking at it from two different angles. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you went to school in New Mexico, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I was born and raised in a small town called Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, dad's British. Mom's American. I played a decent amount of sports growing up, but like only later in like my middle school and high school years. Cause when I was younger than that, I had very severe asthma. And so once I got older, I started, but I'd always loved sports. So once I got older, I started gravitating toward different sports, played a little bit of basketball, a little bit of martial arts. I was really keen on those for a while. 
And then when I was in college in New Mexico, I got involved uh, with the club rugby team at New Mexico State University or NMSU. And my dad had played rugby. Yeah, my dad had played rugby religiously when he was my age. Uh, He was big on rugby and on field hockey. So he had always wanted to give me or wanted me to give it a crack. So I just figured, hey, why not? So I played for like a year, year and a half until <laughs> academics started interfering with it. But yeah, that well, was the, kind of. Yeah, it gets, you know, that, that pesky schoolwork gets in the way. It, yes, yeah. it does. It does. Yeah. As, as a teacher, I, you know, we, we joke. And if those, and those of you who are at school who are li- maybe listening, we are joking. At least I am when I'm saying it'd be a great job if it wasn't for all those kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can understand where the school does get in the way and you have to make decisions on that. But any, uh, any significant, uh, getting banged up or injuries that you dealt with when you were doing rugby or was it not that competitive? Oh, thankfully, I didn't have any serious injuries. Um, but no, yeah, it was good to play a real contact sport for once. And again, it was something that my dad had been so passionate about for the longest time. And he had four broken collarbones to prove it. So, okay. Okay. That's, uh, that reminds me someday I'm going to have to tell a story, uh, about uh, uh, my best friend growing up. Um, I may tell it later on in this, in this episode, now that you mentioned the collarbones. Um, so you, you finish up school at New Mexico State and you headed off to Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken. Did you not? Wow, you've done your homework. <laughs> no, yeah, I did. I, um, I got an internship there right after graduating in 2015. And I didn't really know anybody in Phoenix, really. Um, it was just, you know, kind of a temporary pit stop until I could save up enough money to move out to LA and pursue a film career. Uh, so in Phoenix, I picked up rugby again. I was with a pretty experienced, pretty veteran side, and they were really good. Um, so the issue was that as a newcomer, it was kind of difficult to get consistent playing time. And at that as well, like my skills were kind of rusty. I really wasn't doing as well as I should have. I definitely wasn't in shape the way I should have been to play a sport like that. And uh, so I, long story short, I was getting kind of frustrated with it. And a friend of mine, Alex, um, an American guy, actually, um, who, who was on the team, he was like, well, hey, have you ever heard of Australian football? I'm like, no, what is that? And he's like, oh, when I was 10 years younger, I used to play it here in Phoenix. It's a really fun sport. And, you know, you're, you're a pretty athletic, pretty fast guy. You should definitely check it out and give it a crack. And I thought, oh, yeah, gee, thanks, Alex. Awesome. And as fate would have it, about a week or so later, um, it was September, September 2015, and it, I was at a bar with a friend in Phoenix at like one in the morning, and lo and behold, the only thing on TV that sports is AFL Finals. And so I'm watching this crazy game on this massive field, and I have no idea what the rules are, and then I'm just thinking, oh, this must be that uh, Aussie rules football that Alex was telling me about. So I YouTubed it, and I saw a few highlights, and I was like, holy crap, I have to play this game. And as fate would have it, again, there was a team in Phoenix, the Arizona Hawks. So I dropped a few of those guys a line. I had a kick uh, about a month later. And unfortunately, Arizona was kind of in a weird spot with their team. Basically, most of the men's players had either retired or moved away. Or basically, there were only like 10 guys that showed up regularly. There was a decent women's team, but there was no real um, men's team. And there hadn't been for several okay. years. So okay. They- so they, and of course, this is Phoenix. So, you know, you, you practice at 8 a.m. on a Sunday. And even then, it's already like 95 degrees exactly. Fahrenheit or, you know, 
30, 32, 33 centigrade for our, our Aussie listeners. So it so, was so definitely. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, they wouldn't let, they wouldn't let you in the University of Phoenix Stadium to practice. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid the Arizona Cardinals would take exception to that. Yeah, that was worth a shot. But, um, right, right. But um, yeah, I met a few really nice guys over there. Um, Americans, Australians, all sorts of people. Struck up a great friendship with Ryan Ludo. He, if, if and if you know the USAFL, you know the Ludo family. It's him and you know half a dozen cousins and brothers and other extended family members those guys have been around for a long time so shout out to them for showing me the ropes and we had a few other guys that i that i really you know struck up nice friendships with and you know when i was just doing this getting to learn this uh this brand new sport from scratch i was like hey might as well be a sponge and listen to the people who are smarter than me and, and who've played the game longer than i have you know i do i do that a lot pretty much with everything in life um, just <laughs> shut, up, shut up and listen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, you, you got exposed to it a little bit in, uh, in Phoenix and you said you were doing an internship. You, you, you're working in the film industry, correct? Yeah. And okay. um, after the internship, again, after the internship finished, finished, I was still in a position where, you know, I, I was, uh, my finances working good, but not good enough for LA, which of course is very okay. expensive. So right, right. I, it took me about, um, yeah, it took me about a year before I moved out to LA, and I did that in August 2016. So okay, and once once you got there, you reached out to the uh, the LA Dragons team, correct? And got involved yeah, with them. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, no joke. The first email I sent after I arrived in LA was to them, specifically Justin Hall or Jabba, as we call him. Uh, he's a Sydney cider. He's uh, been in the U.S. for a while, and he's the president of the Dragons. So I hit him up, and he was just like, yeah, uh, come over to this bar in West Hollywood, and we're going to be watching uh, the games. And again, you know, this is halfway through the season. I, right, right. You know, I wasn't really sure what to expect, and, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, even though I had, you know, a little baseline of experience uh, in Phoenix. But, yeah, it was – I played, like, a few games. Wasn't able to make USFL Nationals that year because of, like, film commitments and things of right, that nature. Right. So, um, but I, I played a few games. I was mostly playing defender because, you know, that's where most of the American newbies end up because, you know, all you have to do is just prevent people from scoring. And, you know, even the rookies can't screw that up. Well, they can, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, still, a, it's I was going to, I was going to ask. Place. Yeah. I was going to ask you where you played, but you answered that for me there. That makes sense that you were playing defense. Um, to start up that, that makes complete sense that you know start out here build some confidence see the mm. field see the game watch it see how it opens up um yeah. in front of you that's you know i talked to um someone on uh, online i don't think i was i was actually oh it was a uh, my interview from last week um where you know mm. i don't know if you've watched like in any nfl games where you get to see like the coaches film like the all 22 where they show you the whole field from the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of what mm -hmm. you're, you know, if you're back playing defense, you kind of get that look at the whole rest of the field to see how everybody's opening up and how, where they're going and which, you know, watching the game on television, I would, I would love to see that as an option uh, to, to see how the game actually works because you don't normally, you know, as somebody who's new to the game watching it, I can see what's happening in that small little window that they're showing me on TV, but you don't see, 
you don't see everything else. Who's doing what alongside them to get into position to take the next handball or get the get the kick to them or you know whatever the case may be. It'd be great if they would get, they would offer that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's um it's a great way to improve your on field vision. Like in the if you're playing whatever place you're playing in defense, obviously you got the center halfback and the fullback kind of barking orders, directing traffic down there. So yeah, you know you got to be able to react at at a split second notice if the footy's coming your way. So it's it's definitely an interesting spot as a newcomer because you know, you're still getting used to all the new rules that you've never heard of and all these different things that are you know totally a foreign language to most americans so yeah and uh and then eventually after i kind of knew what the hell i was doing um they moved me over to forward pocket or sometimes half forward flank uh, and that's basically what i've played ever since okay okay so how, how long were you at the bar not at the bar watching the games interacting with these people beginning to start practicing with them before you actually played your first game with them uh, it was only a couple of weeks because again okay. I did move there. Quick turnaround. Yeah, I did Quick move turnaround. there halfway okay. through the season. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was that moment like when you're pl- when you're out there playing and whether it's whether you're still back on you know on defense or when you move forward? What was that moment like where you're thinking to yourself, "I've got this. I'm a footy player." It took me a while. Like I mean, even into my second season, because again I only played about three games in 2016 mm-hmm. and. Going into 2017, like playing a full Metro season for the first time. And for those who aren't aware, Metro season, at least as we play it in LA, it's a round robin tournament in like May and June before Western regionals. We do like games with Orange County and San Diego. And, um, it's basically a way, you know, it's nine aside as opposed to 18 aside. Okay. It's a great way for American players. Yeah. It's a great way for American players to kind of get used to the flow and the feel of the game and the structure of the game as well. And so basically Metro season is kind of a great way to get your feet wet, build up some confidence heading into the rest of the season. And then once Western regionals happens in July, you continue the rest of the year um, and play the games you're supposed to be playing. So, but yeah, going into that season, my first full season with the Dragons in 2017, not going to lie. I still got a little nervous occasionally. It was still kind of, annoying to have to you know ask all these questions i'm sure i'm sure it annoyed some people to no end just because you're still trying to figure out a game that you know most australians have known since they were five or six years of age so but, but it's if a you're, very difficult it's a learning curve but yeah. you get there eventually but, but if you're if you're asking the questions though that that mm-hmm. that's a pretty good indicator that, that you give a darn about it that you want to know it's not just oh it's mm. not like oh i know it all just leave me alone let me do it you're actually, you know, being inquisitive and finding out, okay, what aspect of this do I not know as well as I should? And can you help me become better? Mm. I mean, that, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing oh, to yeah. be able to ask gotta, questions. Yeah. You got to swallow your pride, but you know, it's, it's all about just learning the fundamentals of a sport that eventually becomes second nature to you. And it's funny that you mentioned that because in hindsight, a few of the guys have told me, um, I remember specifically back in 2018, um, uh, we were on a trip to San Francisco and Freddie Shulin, uh, he's a Danish guy who picked up Aussie rules in Denmark and emigrated to the U.S. You know, about 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, he's been with the Dragons since day one. And in hindsight, he's told me, you know, well, Rick, you didn't know everything at first. Most people don't when they first start out, but you were always really positive and enthusiastic and willing to learn more. And 
obviously that meant a lot to me. And I, I like to think that, you know, as long as you're enthusiastic, as long as you're willing to do the hard work and put it in and make sure to listen to your teammates, again, be a sponge, then you're halfway there already. Again, it's going to take time, but everything takes time, right? Oh, absolutely. I I, I had made a mention of that uh, a while back, and I, I think it was actually talking about uh, comparing Richmond to somebody else and you know, how, how Richmond was a mm. may not have the best players, but they seem to function as a team better than just about anybody else out there. They anticipate what each other is going to do. I, from what I've seen, more so than mm-hmm. than some other clubs. You know, they may not be, they may not have the best athletes, but they work well together. But you know, so yeah, yeah I, I, I agree def- with you. There. And, right, and you can definitely say the same of other AFL teams. You know, all time great teams. Obviously, you had Carlton's gory years back in the seventies and eighties. You had. Mm-hmm. Brisbane and their and their amazing three peat, you know, oh one, oh two, oh three, and of course more recently when Hawthorne three peated. Those teams, yeah, exactly. They just gel so well. They're extremely well coached. They're extremely disciplined. They know exactly what their plan is going into a game, and it's very difficult to surprise them, which is what makes them all so dangerous, basically. Exactly, exactly. So you're you're in Los Angeles, you play the twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen season there, correct? You play both those seasons there. Well, the three games, the three games, and then the well, season and a half. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, and you work in the film industry, and I I don't know what exactly you do in the you do in the film industry, but uh, are you? I is that something you're allowed to share at all, or is that? uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm I'm a crew guy. I've done quite a few different things on set, and my ultimate goal is uh, directing and producing. So that's my professional. Okay. So you're you're in Los Angeles and uh you uh you make the move to to Australia. Was this a planned move or was this was this an opportunity that came about where you said, "You know what? I need to jump on this because this is a great career move for me right now." It was kind of a combination of everything, if I'm honest with you, Craig. Um so it all started in 2018. So in 2018, two of my Dragons teammates, Gabriel Martin Del Campo and Sam Murphy. They're both excellent players. They're currently on the Revo squad uh, for you know, the U.S. national team for the men. Okay. Uh, very, very, very talented. Very talented footballers. Um, so Gabe moved to Melbourne. Sam moved to Perth for a year on the working holiday visa to play footy down there. And I thought, hey, that's, that's a hell of an idea. That's, I know they're going to do great down there. Uh, Sam specifically had some connections in Perth thanks to Fraggers. Uh, John Fragamani, who's the director of footy for the LA Dragons, one of the founding coaches. He's been around for years. Perth guy who has lived in LA for quite a while, and he's got a ton of really good local footy connections down in Perth. Anyway, it was basically like, oh, they can do it. I should be able to do it too. And thankfully, in 2018, the proof was in the pudding because I won the most improved player award at the end of the season. I did a lot of rotating in off the bench. Played again mostly forward pocket, and I like to think I did pretty well. So it was one of those things where I, I could see concrete improvement. You know, obviously my first season and a half, it was still a bit challenging at first. Uh-huh. 2018 was a real, um, I don't want to say breakthrough, but I did really well overall. I was definitely happy with how I performed okay. all throughout the season. Okay. We didn't do as well. We didn't do as well at nationals as we had hoped over in Wisconsin that year but um 
But yeah, it was still a really reassuring sign to see how many people appreciated how far I'd come. And again, I, I'm my own, trust me, I'm my own worst critic. So well, just that I was happy with how I'm, I was doing and progressing. And at the end of that season, I just thought, hey, why don't I do what Sam and Gabe did? And so I applied for a working holiday visa for Australia and for a year. And I got approved, my visa got approved within like a week or two of applying. Oh, terrific. So then I was just like, yeah, so then I was just like, oh, wow, I guess I'm moving overseas at the end of the year. <laughs> so did you end up finding a position working on, on a film crew there as well? No, not exactly. Um, the working holiday visa is very flexible. You can travel all over Australia. You can um, work uh, basically without restrictions. Okay, okay. Um, except except um, like you, you, ha you can't hold the same job for more than six months, which can be a, a bit limiting. Okay. But, and then also, if you want to renew a visa, you can do like regional work in regional Australia and certain like certain fields that, that have a demand and that need to be filled. You can renew your visa that way. But I came over um, basically just for sports, for professional stuff. I mean, Melbourne is a, is a great city for the arts. So I just figured going in, hey, if I if I catch on with a film production company or if I talk to some people down there who work in the arts, and I knew a couple going in. Uh, you know, maybe I'll be able to get a chance to work on a few projects. And as it turned out, I did. Okay. Uh, so it was definitely reward. It was definitely rewarding for me uh, to be able to make some substantial progress both on the field and off. Terrific. Yeah, that's a that that six month limitation on a job though seems kind of that's a, that's a, that's a rather peculiar delineation mm, there. Yeah, they need to change that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you yeah, if you, it was if you found something you were good found something you're good at. And the, and the employer liked having you there. That that's mm. that's a rather that's a rather odd restriction yeah. there. Okay. Oh yeah, they need they need to change it, but um, obviously you know it, it's whatever. So I was yeah. just glad I had the opportunity. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So mm. the uh, you know the 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 next obvious question is is how does Melbourne's traffic compare to the traffic in L.A. Not nearly as bad, okay. but in Melbourne, there, there's a lot of construction. Uh, like they're doing some uh, train tunnel expansions. They're they're adding new runways at the airport, and they're trying to you know some pretty decent sized infrastructure projects. Okay, uh, down in Melbourne, so there are definitely some delays uh, on a normal day, though. Like apart from the CBD or downtown, as yeah. we would call it yeah. here in the U.S., apart from the CBD, there's the traffic really isn't that bad. You do have to watch for the trams because Melbourne does have like the trams and everything. That's right. kind of okay. That's kind of one of the things they're famous. It's one of the things they're famous for. Okay. So, but no, it's not so bad, and I didn't mind it. Now, for for just a moment here, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put my geography teacher hat on because I, I I teach AP geography in, at high school. Um, CBD is the Central Business District. For those of you who are wondering what that is. Okay, I didn't know if any of you were thinking mm -hmm. that was some sort of a cannabis type reference there or something. But, <laughs> but central, nice. central business district there is what they're talking. what Rick's talking about. Okay, so you yeah. you, you you got to uh, you got to Melbourne and you you're getting settled in there and you joined up with the the sister club of the Dragons there the the Caroline Springs the Lakers. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, um, and how that kind of how that kind of came about was back in 2017 at the International Cup. So long story short, uh, Andre Jansen is a good mate of mine. 
He's one of our defenders for the Dragons. Uh, Australian guy. He and his wife moved over, I think, in 2014, 2015 to L.A., something like that. Anyway, they're from Melbourne, um, specifically the western suburbs near Caroline Springs. And that's where Dre played most of his junior footy growing up. And, um, and yeah, so basically, he had always wanted to strike up a partnership with L.A. and Caroline Springs, specifically because when he first moved to L.A. and got involved with the Dragons, he was just amazed at how similar the club culture was uh, from Caroline Springs and L.A. And he, he, he was really impressed by that. And he had kept you know, trying to get an official partnership set up. And then when the International Cup rolled around in 2017, we had a few Dragons who were in town on either the Revos or the Freedom or the Liberty uh, sides, the national sides. So we sent um, a few a few guys down there. Caroline Springs sent over a few guys. They did like the whole photo op with the jersey exchange. And uh, yeah, so that was when we officially started it up. And to this day, um, on one of the banners uh, around the fence at the Oval at Caroline Springs, uh, there's there's a photo of the, the two club logos uh, side by side. Okay. I put it on my Instagram. When I, first, I put it on my Instagram when I first arrived, and I'm like, oh, this looks familiar. Yeah. Okay. That's that's cool. That's yeah. uh, you know a lot of like a, a lot of cities will have like sister cities as well. So that that that's uh, now. Were any of the players from Caroline Springs anybody that you had played with in Los Angeles, or was that or they are completely new group of, group of players? Everyone, everyone was new. Okay. A few of them knew who. I- a few of them knew who Andre was. Um, again, he, he and his wife left Melbourne. Right. Uh, a couple years again, couple years earlier. Yeah. And that's, and like four or five years in calendar years is like 15 in foot a year. So there were plenty of players on, on the squad who didn't know who he was. And some of them didn't even know that footy was played in America, let alone at a high level. So I definitely. I definitely came in feeling like a bit of an outsider. And also because in the Caroline Springs, we're, we're a very young squad right now. And we were young last year. A lot of our best players were like 20, 21, 22 years of age. Okay. And we also had a, we also had a handful of veteran guys uh, who'd been around for a while, like late 20s, early 30s. Got to give a few of them a shout out right now. Uh, Mark Peduto, Keenan O'Shea, uh, Bonja, a.k.a. Mitch Bongiovanni, Louis Tudor. A bunch of guys who've been around for quite a while. And then there was me, a, a then 24-year-old Yank who'd only played like 30 games in the USAFL. So obviously, it's going to be a, a bit of a learning curve, and you kind of feel like a fish out of water at first. And I knew my skills were going to be pretty raw coming in, and I'd have to like unlearn a lot of bad habits that I'd picked up in the States. But I reckon I did pretty well, all things considered. And it was just such a fun awesome experience to just be around a footy club that's so family oriented and has so many good guys in it. And, you know, I, I, I miss them all every day. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about the, the skill level was that was the skill level with the, the Caroline Springs club greater than the club in Los Angeles, just because it's something that these people had you know pretty much all done their entire lives. Oh, absolutely. Like just, at senior level, especially because you know you got senior and then you got reserves at the um, at the local footy level. Just like how in the AFL, you know, whoever doesn't make the side that weekend is going to play in the minor league, so right, to speak, right. the VFL or whatever. Yeah. So it's the same way in local footy. And for those who aren't aware, um, Caroline Springs is in the WRFL, the Western Region Footy League, 
which is one of nine semi, I think it's nine, uh, semi-pro leagues uh, in and around the Melbourne area. And okay. so basically there's, there's the AFL, then there's the VFL, then there's those different leagues. So this is literally two levels below professional AFL level. Right. So it's very high quality. Okay. Footy. Okay. The speed of the players is just something else. And it's just an outstanding atmosphere because, you know, if you know anything about Australians, they love their local footy and, you know, they'll be honking their car horns after a, you score a goal. You know, it's a really rowdy and really festive atmosphere. So, okay. Always a good time. Now, those, those nine, those nine groups, those nine leagues, are they all autonomous from one another or do they have like crossovers and play like for like a regional championship or does that just like here's, here's this group of teams and they're separate from these teams? Oh, they're all autonomous okay. and basically a- AFL clubs recruit from a lot of them. Um, they also recruit from the, you know, the under 18 right, regional right. sides. You right. know, you've got, yeah. And I had a few friends who, who were getting some serious attention. Again, I got to give a shout out here to Cody Rock. He, mark my words, he will be an AFL draft pick. He is a phenomenal talent. Center halfback, his dad uh, used to be uh, footy director or president of the club, something like that. He's been around forever. And okay. Cody is only about, Cody's only about 17, 18 years of age. Carlton's looking at him, apparently. Uh, Hawthorne is. A few different clubs that really want, are really keen uh, to draft him. He's done really well at all the combines and the camps and all that stuff. So I reckon you'll see him pulling on an AFL jumper very soon. Terrific, terrific. That's fantastic. Now, you're, you're back in LA now. You, your season went well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let me, uh, I, when you were there for that year that you were there, um, what was your go-to meal? What, what did you discover food wise that you're going, I don't want to leave this behind. <laughs> that's a, or, that's or, a great question. Or it could be beverage wise, I guess as well. Oh, gee. <laughs> Um, uh, got getting me nostalgic over here, Craig. But um, <laughs> hey, I, I, yeah, I, interview, I, um, I interviewed Frode, and he's been sending me pictures of meat pies, and I, uh, I, <laughs> and I still haven't figured out how to make one of those yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a guy here in L.A. His name's JJ. He's a expat who has his own meat pie delivery business, and he 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 does really well with that. Uh, considering there are so many expats and. Yeah, not just Southern California, but all over the place. Right. But right. yeah, I'm. I, it's funny because I was already a big fan of fish and chips. Okay. Uh, I'd already, I was already a big fan of meat pies because I had visited Australia on vacation or on holiday before I had moved there. I'd also been to New Zealand, and a lot of the food you know, over there is very similar to some extent. So meat pies are fantastic. I knew that going in. Big fan of fish and chips. Again, blame my my very British father for well, that. I- <laughs> but um. Blame or thank? I would assume. Thank, I would assume thank. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I definitely enjoyed. Obviously, Vegemite is great. It's an acquired taste for a lot of people, but I love it. Okay. And basically, I, I also um, there's also the cereal, and if if you know, you know, uh, Nutrigrain in Australia, which is <laughs> it's so addicting okay. and it's really really okay. good. And I also I also really like um, uh. Uh, there was this brand of energy drink called V. Uh, it, it came in like different different flavors, and I always got the sugar free kind because you know, yeah, I, not trying to lo- lose, you know, not trying to <laughs> gain too much weight. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, it was the blue V's are phenomenal. Those are great energy drinks that you can't really find 
uh, over here stateside. And obviously, you've got Tim Tams. You've got a bunch of different suites okay. that, again, are hard to find elsewhere. Tim Tams are great. And again, not don't try to eat too many of them because they're definitely fattening. But well, I, I'm, And I also... Yeah. No, I'm and I also really I, enjoyed the... Um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I'm... There's a reason I don't have my picture up on my podcast. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> so I would only be watching games. I'm not participating. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, not to mention, I'm an old fart. So you keep talking about people like they're old when they're 28 and 29. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm I'm well enough, well old enough to be their father. So I don't, uh, yeah, right. So you. You've uh, you've settled back in. Uh, you're getting yourself ready. Is have the you're back with the dragons again this year? Yeah, we're actually doing our first uh, practice tomorrow morning. Okay, so I'm definitely stoked to get involved again. I'm back on the board. Um, I was on the team, like the board, the committee uh, previously um, as the social media director. Okay. This time around, I'm going to be I'm going to be doing equipment, which is just you know. Keeping the bag of footies, the air pumps, the water bottles, things like that. And then, of course, making sure all the jerseys and and shorts and socks and everything are washed and ready for, for a game day. So, yeah, those are those are basically the main duties of the equipment guy. And so, yeah, Jabba yeah. asked me, you know, oh, hey, you want to put your hand up again to yeah. help out on the board? And I was just like, yeah, why not? I was, so, was going to say, yeah, we had um, having been a football coach for a few years, I'm not sure that's a promotion getting mm-hmm. to do everybody's laundry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, hey, it's getting done right. Um, mm-hmm. And you you guys, I'm assuming you're going to you start playing what, May or June, right? You start with games. Uh, we're starting off. Yeah, we're starting off in May. Okay. Uh, we. May, weekend of May 5th, Rob Dollar Cup, which is a tournament over in Phoenix okay. and hosted by hosted by the Arizona Outlaws. And that's always a very big deal to us in case you didn't know or if the audience didn't know. The Rob Dollar Cup started back in um, 2018, I believe. Uh, it was It's a Metro footy tournament uh, that hosted by Phoenix and they invite clubs from all around the country. And it's in honor of Rob Dollar, who played for Arizona, who played for L.A. for a few years uh, before I joined. Uh, I didn't know him, but his brother David is a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends. And uh, sadly, Rob was killed in a bike accident. Oh, man. Uh, in, I, think, I think it was October 2017. Yeah, he was big on cycling, and he was uh, riding down from South Mountain, you know, a big, big uh, wilderness park in South Phoenix. Okay. And he was hit by a drunk driver oh. and killed instantly. Oh, man. And... Uh, yeah, and ever since then we've we've um we've run that tournament, or technically we co-run it with the Arizona Outlaws, but they host it. Okay. Uh, and and all the proceeds, all the tournament fees, all the merch, everything goes to the Rob Dollar Foundation that his family set up okay. in the name of, in his honor, and in order to help uh, encourage cycling safety. Okay. So, terrific. That that's a great cause. That's a great cause. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, and. So that's when we're going to be starting our season. We did try to um, potentially arrange a, a match for Anzac Day, which of course is April twenty fifth. Right, right. But unfortunately, it it kind of fell through this year, and um, maybe next time. But that that would that would definitely be a real treat. Okay. And of course, with the USAFL, it it starts a little bit later than the AFL, and it ends a little bit later. So obviously, the AFL runs from March through to October or through to September. 
And then, of course, the USAFL starts a little bit later, like April or May. And Nationals is always the second weekend in October. So it's, it's a little bit different. And of course, Northern Hemisphere, we're playing in the summer while the rest of Australia is playing in the winter. So it's definitely a, a different dynamic. Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, it is a, uh, yeah, you're, you're definitely getting warmer weather to deal with. Now, uh, did you get to a lot of, uh, or any AFL games while you were there? I did. I barrack for the Giants. Yeah. I saw the yeah. Giants play the demon, the demons, okay. and I think it was round eleven, round twelve. It was Indigenous round. I remember okay. that. I, and I, yeah, I got I got tickets for like twenty five bucks. And then I also saw uh, which game was it? Saint Kilda and Collingwood, I think. And that was that was a couple of weeks before, if I remember okay. correctly. And it sounds cliched, but the MCG is a shrine. It's not a stadium. Like, you can just feel the history when you walk into that place. It's one of the biggest stadiums on the planet. Right, right. It's one of the most historic. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal yeah. experience. I mean, I'll I'll put on, at the beginning of the school day, when I when I get there, I'm, at, I'm in my classroom by 6. So once the season has begun and games mm. are on, I'm putting a game on and watching it, you know, while I'm working on stuff at the beginning of the day, and my kids will start trickling in around 7.45. And inevitably, they're sitting down. Mm. Some of them get very excited about watching their, you know, now that uh, FS2 is record is mm. broadcasting a lot of games. I've got kids that have started yeah. DVRing the game so they can begin watching. But they've become fascinated by, you know, just by how massive the field is compared to, you know, the, mm. the soccer field or oh, the yeah. football field that they play on. And I was going to ask yeah. you real quick. You're talking about the the Metro League, the nine on nine. I'm assuming you play that on a much smaller footprint than a than a, than a footy oval or do you play on? Oh no, it's, it's, it's a, it, um, the fields in the USAFL are slightly smaller just because, you know, how easy is it to find a cricket pitch right. in the U S right. you know, but, um, but it, they're, they're close. Okay. They're only okay. slightly smaller. Um, so obviously it's a the lot AFL, more, it's a lot more wide open. Yeah. And obviously the AFL doesn't officially have like not all grounds are the same right. size, even in the yeah. AFL. I'm but, a Geelong, you know, I'm a Geelong general, fan. I hear that all the time. Oh yeah. Like, and, and the, of course the catch 22 for all the interstate teams is, you know, you, if you can win at home, perfectly fine. Right. But if you can't win on the road at MCG, right. you're not going to win a flag. Exactly. So, yep. yeah. Exactly. You know, so you, you, but yeah, the fields are smaller because they have to yeah. be. You mentioned so, that you're a GW. Slightly small. You mentioned that you're a GWS fan. Uh, mm -hmm. How are you feeling about Jonathan Patton looking as solid as he's looked in the first couple March games with uh, <laughs> with Hawthorne? I I'm I'm happy for him. Okay, you know, and and the same the same kind of went when Scully uh, went over to Hawthorne last year. Right, those guys have had a really terrible run of luck with injuries. Right, right. Know, uh, John John over. John O'Patton, you know, blew out his knee a few times. Uh, Scully had like an Achilles injury. He had a knee injury. Like th both those guys could definitely have used with a fresh start because given the Giants depth, uh, even guys like that were going to be on the chopping block considering there were so many talented young kids that were waiting in the wings to potentially step forward. So yeah, yeah no hard yeah. feelings with that. I, I reckon if Patton stays healthy, he's going to have a really big season. Yeah, and Hawthorne needs a big guy like him because – you know, a lot of their big forwards are getting up in age. Of course, you had Rioli retire a few years yeah. ago. You had a few yeah. other guys. Rough head going. Like, rough head. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, they're, they're kind of, it's a changing of the guard down there at Hawthorne, but I reckon they'll be in pretty good stead if they can keep those guys healthy and and who knows they might even sneak back into the eight this year i think they could yeah that's i I think that if mitchell's healthy yeah i think they will mm-hmm. and i you know oh definitely and, and i'm yeah i'm i think they're going to be back in the in the eight i don't know who drops out maybe, maybe essendon but uh mm-hmm. you know i think they yeah, will maybe. be now you, you know a couple other things i wanted to get that i had jotted down that i wanted to get to that you know that you had mentioned and and people should know just about how committed you are to this sport to this game is that you you know currently you're now working on a new podcast of your own with uh with wayne kraska and i'm pronouncing it right is kraska correct yeah okay uh, who's the who and, uh, runs the atlanta kookaburras yeah and kras has been around a long time uh he's been in the u.s for like 20 years at this point he's a melbourne guy he played footy down there coached footy and I think it was country Victoria okay. for a while. Okay. And yeah. And, and, uh, Atlanta is, you know, they're kind of up and down. Sometimes they have a really, uh, you know, in terms of just like keeping, getting and keeping players, you know, that they're, they, they're kind of up and down a little bit, but they've been around for a long time and they're one of the oldest clubs in the country. And so, yeah, um, Kraz does a great job. Uh, of course he's over in Rome, Georgia, which is like an hour and a half away. So he has his own Metro team and he, uh, and they, they play, they play at regionals, they play at nationals. I only got a chance to meet Kraz, um, cause like at nationals in Wisconsin a few years ago, LA had to loan a few players to, uh, Atlanta, who was in the D4 side that weekend. We didn't do that well, unfortunately, but I, I, I was definitely impressed by Kraz's enthusiasm. He's helped out on the USAFL board. Okay. He's, I think he's been. I think he was one of the uh, Eastern region presidents or vice presidents for a few okay. years. He's a very passionate guy. And he, he was the one who started up usfootynews.com. And he wanted me to write articles for them, which I had done previously for World Footy News, that's kind of, which is independent well, of yep, that's, that's the on my list. That's on my list to ask you about, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, I don't, want to, I don't want to steal your no, thunder. No, that's okay. But Kraz, yeah. but yeah, Kraz hit me up in like October, November. He was like, Oh yeah, you want to do a podcast? And I was, and we had kind of discussed it previously, but he wasn't a hundred percent sold on the idea. But I guess I convinced him. Okay. And then we um once I got back once I got back from Australia, we started recording it, and now we're up to ten or eleven episodes. So we're moving right along. Yeah, you're you're you are you are flying. Yeah, because it just it came out. Uh, you guys are on a quicker schedule than once a week, though, if I'm not mistaken. You guys are coming out. Uh, yeah. We- yeah. Yeah, we try to record at least um we try to record two times a okay. week. Obviously it depends on our guest on our guests availability. Right, right. Uh Kraz works Kraz works from home, so he's frequently able to have a flexible enough schedule to record something like this. So basically we try to record at least two a week and then um release one or two uh time permitting, okay, yeah. you know, if Kraz is able to edit everything down. Right. You know how it is. Right. No, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean yeah, you know, this will not. There will not be a lot of editing in in our interview tonight. There's not a whole lot that I'm going to have to take out of this. We're, you know, we're we're, uh, you know, yeah. it's 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 real. It's live. It's it's what it is. Um, so you know, he had mm-hmm. his he had his U.S. paper that, or site that he wanted you to write for, but you you were also writing for the World Footy News, and you wrote several dozen articles for that for that publication. I did. Yeah, and are you are you still yeah. writing for them? Uh, not as much lately, okay. but I'm always available okay. if they need something to be 
written. Basically, how that happened. That was another funny story. Uh, so uh, during the, it was like the winter of 2016, 2017, like after my first half season with the Dragons, when I was first really falling in love with the sport, mm-hmm. right? And so basically, I was kind of, I was kind of going through footy withdrawals during the Northern Hemisphere, su- Northern Hemisphere winter, Southern Hemisphere summer. Right, right. And as it turned out, as it turned out, there is one league, the NTFL uh, in Australia, the Northern Territory Footy League. And because the weather is so dramatically different up there, they have to switch like the cricket season and the footy season because they're a tropical climate yep. up in the Northern right, Territory, right. specifically, specifically Darwin, specifically Darwin. And so basically it's the dry season and the wet season. Obviously, it's impossible to play cricket in the wet. So you have to play cricket in the winter when the rest of Australia is playing footy and you have to play footy in the summer when the rest of Australia is playing cricket. And a lot, and the NTFL is really high quality competition. I started watching um, the games. They, they live stream the games on YouTube. It's it's a really it's a really fun okay. league to watch. So just out of boredom, you know, sometimes I would stay up late, you know, till like two in the morning and just live tweet these games. Okay, it was just something fun to do, and I never thought anything would come of it. Then out of the blue, um, I uh, I saw that one of my tweets was liked by World Footy News. And I was like, oh, who are these guys? I looked them up. The website was awesome. I, I noticed that they were they had reporters who were talking about footy everywhere from Croatia to Colombia to the US to Fiji, yeah. you know, all over the world. And um and then they they dropped me a line on Twitter, kind of like how you did, and uh just out of the blue. And they were like, Hey, um we were thumbing through your profile. Um and, you know, you're you're obviously very knowledgeable, very passionate about footy. Do you want to write for us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I, as fate would have it, on my own personal blog, I was actually blogging about footy, a little bit of the history of footy. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I, I sent some of them to you previously. And, yeah, just like how awesome this crazy sport is. And so I sent them a few writing samples from my blog. Okay. And they were like, yeah, this is really good. This is really good stuff, Rick. Uh, you can you can write for us. And as it turned out, and this was a pretty crazy connection, uh, Troy Thompson, uh, who is the, uh, who runs the website. Uh, I, I caught up with him a few times in Melbourne. I actually first met him when he came out to San Diego in 2017 for USAFL nationals. Good bloke. But yeah, Troy has, Troy, as it turned out, had played cricket with a guy I knew at the dragons by the name of Chile. And he's like, oh, do you know a guy named Chili at, in L.A.? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, back in the day, he and I used to play cricket together. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This is definitely a small world example here. You know, you, you, you mm-hmm. getting that gig writing those kind of makes my uh, my getting a, a, a retweet from the, the NEARS, bro- the National Indigenous Radio Service broadcasts uh, kind of pale in comparison to uh, – <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I, I, when I, sometimes I would, I'll listen to you if I'm not watching the games. I, you know, I like, I like watching, um, AFL 360. I like with listening to Waitley call games, but, um, another person online had, had <laughs> yeah. suggested, well, you know, listen to the, the indigenous radio service. And he said they do a great job. And I, and I started listening to them because, you know, on the SEN website, you can, you know, go to a game and then select which, which services broadcast you want to listen to. Which, you know, I'm amazed that, you know, that like for each game, there are like six or seven different radio um, outlets that are doing that game. 
you know, whether it's, you know, trip, trip with mm-hmm. triple M and Nears and SEN and, uh, the AFL actually has their own radio as well that they're doing. So it's, it's great to have those options. And I, and I really enjoyed listening to the, to those people. And, uh, I sent out a couple tweets, you know, at one, one, two o'clock in the morning and got responses from them. And they were like, wait, you're in the United States listening to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Right? So that's not quite as exciting, not quite yeah, as exciting yeah. as, as, as your, as your gig there. Um, but that's, uh, that, I mean, that's fascinating. And by the way, for those of you who are listening, uh, that, that website for that, uh, where, where Rick was writing is worldfootynews.com. So if you want to check out some of, some of Rick's work that I'm sure is still there or the work that's being done now, you can definitely mm-hmm. take a look at it there. Um, now I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's under my, it's under Frederick, which is my, full okay, name. it's under but, Frederick. Okay. Yeah. And I've written. Yeah, I've written like forty or forty-five articles okay. at this point, and it's definitely it's definitely really fun. I dig it. Okay, now um, we're we've kind of run through all of the questions that that I had put together to ask Rick, but I reached out to his club in Australia earlier this week, and I told them that I was going to have him on for an interview, and they and I said to them, "Are there any questions that you could provide me that I could ask that?" He might get a kick out of, or, and, and I'm hoping that they don't embarrass him at all. And if, if it's something you go, I don't want, I don't <laughs> want to answer it. Feel free to just say pass. Okay. You know, uh, I, I, cause okay. I don't know. I don't know the backstory on these. They did not provide me the answers. They only gave me the questions. All right. So you, you feel free to answer what you, uh, what you want to answer here. And I have a feeling that once they hear this part, a lot of them are going to be laughing. Okay. So. And some of them are serious. So the first one was, what was it like to kick your first goal against Albion? Oh, my God. That was so much fun. Uh, can, I, can I ask who, 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 who asked uh, that question? Give me a second. I have to go back and uh, see who it was that gave me the information. It was a, I think it was a female's name that gave me the, uh, the info. I'm just pulling up my Facebook page right now here. Let me go back here and see. Okay. Um, no worries. I'm, I'm I'm recording on an old MacBook and I'm looking at my Facebook on a Chromebook and the Chromebook is moving very slowly right now. So uh, uh, let's see here. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and provide the answer for that if you would. And then I'll see if we can find out who it was that uh, shared that with me. Yeah, no, that was such a fun moment. Like I, I, I had mostly been like rotating in off the bench in the first few games and then Albion came along and, Oh my God, we we shut them out. I think the final scoreline was something like twenty fourteen two thirty eight to zero zero zero. Like it was an actual shutout, and oh God, we felt bad, but it was it was an amazing win. And uh, yeah, and towards the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, when we were up by so many points, our coach was just like, you know, we need to give other people some opportunities because like our leading goal kicker Bailey, he had hit like six or seven at that point, so. We wanted to spread the wealth around, and I had missed a shot on goal previously. It had only dropped like a meter short in the goal square, so I was kicking myself for that. And they put me up at full forward, and I jumped up and grabbed it from like 35 meters out. And I was like, oh, my God, I could score my first goal. And it was really cold out, and I was just like, okay, this is this is it. This is what's going to happen. And I saw the um, – the the senior boys this is in the reserves the senior boys were up on the upper oval doing their warm-ups and all of a sudden they stopped 
and they, they stopped doing their drills and their eyes were focused on me. And I'm like, Oh God, I better not screw this up. <laughs> but no, I went back, I went back, slotted the goal and it, and it went through perfectly. And everyone got around me. I was, I was getting drenched with water bottles. Everyone was jumping on top of me, rubbing my hair. Okay, you know, it okay. was an amazing feeling. Now they, by the end of the night, go ahead. By the end of the night, even the Albion guys, um, it, it, they, they even knew who I was. And one of them came up to me and was like, yeah, mate, great goal. And I'm like, oh, thanks. I have no idea who you are, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, the, the follow-up to that was, and I, and I think I have to emphasize the way, they, um, the way they wrote it. I think I have to put a little emphasis on the question. It says, how well did you really play with your best on ground performance? Well, ironically, that was the Albion okay. game. I, I, I had zero, I had zero expectation that I would get anything for that. Because okay. I mean, you you never really have any control over who gets BOG because, like, that's 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 not something you're really privy to. And as if I'm honest with you, you don't really think about it during the game. You're just trying to, you know, get get off the next kick or get exactly. off the next handball. But then when I saw it. When I saw it on the website, like the the WRFL website, I was like, "Holy crap!" I I'm just glad that we won so easily. I'm glad I scored a goal. I never expected to get best on ground, and because they had to take the piss out of me the next week, uh, they fined me two dollars because <laughs> because I, I I posted about it on social media. I was just like, "Oh, pretty good day at the office today. We had a shutout win, and I got best on ground." And because of that, they're just like, oh, yeah, two bucks pay so, up. And I was just like, oh, okay, oh you're, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. you're supposed to be a little <laughs> bit more modest. I take it then. And let the Well, the, the fines are just the fines are just yeah. a way to embarrass, yeah, embarrass it, it, people, take the piss out yeah, of each other. Kinda, it's, it's good. Kind of like the kangaroo court that they do in baseball. Yeah. OK, I, I, I found yeah. I found yeah. the name. So um, you can reach out to Crystal. Because Chris, Crystal mm. is who, yeah, Crystal's cr who provided these questions. Okay. She may Oh great. Crystal Del Delancey. She's a she's okay. great. All right. Now the second question they said was how did you feel after being cleaned up in your first practice match against Hepburn, Hepburn Springs with a hospital handball? And who gave you the handball that set oh, you up? God. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I can't even remember, but that was kind of it, it was it was a it was a preseason match uh, at Hepburn Springs. It's like way out there. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere on the way to um, Melton, if I remember correctly. So like Western, 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 like parts of uh, outside of the metro area. But yeah, like I don't remember who I handballed it to, but there were a couple of moments in that game where I definitely wish I could have taken back because that was a real, even for a preseason match, that was a really physical game. And it was definitely good practice for what we were going to deal with uh, going into the rest of the season. Okay. Okay. And whose question? No, the, was these that? all came from her. So maybe she is the one that maybe she, okay. yeah, she may yeah. have been the one that compiled them. Cause like I said, I, I, I sent them, I sent uh, them a yeah. note on messenger. Yeah. Maybe she passed around index cards and said, Hey, Rick's doing an interview. Hmm. How can we make him laugh or, you know, embarrass him or whatever they're trying to do right, with these. Right. Um, now this is one that I think you're getting, hmm. you're going to have a chance to throw somebody else under the bus. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> who who was the worst driver to ever give you a lift home after training? Oh gosh, it, it'd have to be. Um, well, actually, this wasn't after training. This was another time, but definitely Anthony Malici. Okay, <laughs> he, he's definitely um, he he he's a 
it, it was a hair raising experience, okay. but it's all good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. the the one question that I did share with you initially when you were like, "Where where did you get that information?" And they wanted to know, did you actually rig the Footy Club iPod Shuffle Night to win the major prize? <laughs> I did not. So full story. Uh, so about halfway through the season, we had what we called the iPod Shuffle Night. Just a great way to, um, um, after, a, after a home game, to just have a few beers, relax, chill at the Footy Clubhouse, and just you know have a good time with your mates. And this time it was iPod Shuffle Night. I think Bonja had come up with it, if I remember correctly. But yeah, um, basically the idea is you take out 20 bucks, you put it into a pool, you pick out one song that you really like, and then, you know, 40, 45 blokes at the club, they all have one song each, uh, they all put $20 in, and whoever's song is played last walks away with all the cash. And it got up to 400 bucks. Okay, so it, so it, was, it ran, like, you were playing the music on on shuffle then, so it was randomizing. Okay, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the irony was that, well, firstly, I never win anything. I've like, <laughs> I've never really won like any raffles. I've never won any prizes. And the irony was that I had switched up my song halfway through. I was like, oh, hey, Keenan. I, I think it was Keenan. I was like, oh, hey, can I switch my song request? Uh, at the last minute, and I changed it to <laughs> "Smooth" by Santana, okay. and I was like, "Okay, this this should be fun." And as it turned out, uh, it was the last one that got picked, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit! I just won four hundred bucks cash!" Cool. And <laughs> so that's that's how it happened, and uh, that was a fun well, night. <laughs> let's. It was it was four hundred dollars Australian, so yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, those of you listening <laughs> in Australia, yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so please please don't hang it please don't sign off and, and and unsubscribe okay uh but uh so who was the, and this is one of those questions you may not want to answer who was the best player you played with at caroline springs oh gosh too many to mention but i will give a few honorable shout outs uh frankie campisi leading goal kicker absolute legend uh, Jezza, uh, Jerome Caterino, one of my, one of my best mates at the footy club, Max Tassari, uh, just some phenomenal players. Louis Tudor at fullback. He's phenomenal. Hoods or Mark Peduto plays hurt all the time. You never see him complain. Uh, Rika, Bonja, there were just too many to okay. name. Like I, I was genuinely lucky to be around, uh, not just high quality people, but high quality players because these guys, again, it's not just that they've been playing since they were kids. They've continued to work at their footy. They continue to attack rehab if they're injured. There are all sorts of guys who, who uh, you know, they they eat, they eat, sleep, and breathe okay. footy. They really do. And I was lucky to be able to learn from those guys. So shout out to everyone. I'm not going to discriminate, but you know, there were so many guys that I I really enjoyed being around and playing with because you know when you see them when you see them with the footy and. They're, you know, they're just going to do something spectacular. Okay. Now, I, I think we can safely say you have a future in politics after that answer, where you named a whole other. So, now your 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 time in Australia is winding down, is what this question is leading to. What was it like living with Aaron King for your last days in Australia? <laughs> 
Oh, Kingy. Shout out to Kingy. Oh, this guy's a legend. I first went over to his place uh, when he had a barbecue for Australia Day, like right when I first arrived. And he he and Andre from the Dragons, they go way back. Um, uh, he, he was one of the, the, the crazy guys in my circle of friends uh, in, in Melbourne. We had a pretty eventful, pretty crazy end of year footy trip to Adelaide in October and staying with Kingy for a few nights. Uh, this was, you know, just before I flew out um, uh, to go back to LA around New Year's uh, or right after New Year's, I should say. But yeah, you know, he's married. He has a couple kids who are just adorable and he, he's, he's, he's a crazy guy. So it's always fun, you know, having a few beers or playing some backyard cricket, you know, he, he, he and his wife are great. And whenever Kingy throws a party, you're, you're going to run into some, people that you know and it's always a good time so kingy kingy's a a a real character uh definitely a definitely a big fan of his did you go to the csfc footy trip and what did you enjoy or dislike about the trip and rumor has it you were best on is that true I was not best on um I got a few votes for it which I definitely appreciated uh that was for those of you who don't know whether you know, it's in the U.S. or elsewhere, um, end-of-year footy trips are kind of a tradition uh, at footy clubs. This year we went to Adelaide, or last year I should say, uh, in October. And uh, yeah, we had a really awesome time. It was my first time in Adelaide. Went clubbing, you know, went to uh, the horse races. Uh, we had a really awesome time. Again, I did not get best on, but um, I did not get worst on either. And we had a really crazy time. It was awesome. It was about like... 15 or 16 guys who okay. came and uh, Dingas, uh, Daniel Ingram, another really good friend of mine. He was the one who organized it and got everything arranged with like the, the hostel and the horse races and all that other good stuff. And I still have the, the singlet, you know, the, the, the little uh, ceremonial CSFC footy trip 2019. And we patterned the logo to look like Carlton draw you know, one of the popular okay. beers in Australia. So it, it it's the exact same logo. It just says Lakers Adelaide 2019. And then it has all our names on the back. Okay. Okay. Do they actually give out the worst on ground award? Uh, they okay. did for footy, for footy trip. They okay. did. And uh, it was the same, it was the same singlet tank top okay. thing, but it was pink instead of okay. red. So, okay. And it said worst on, on the all back. Right. Okay. So. Now, what was the, what was the best joke you told at the Footy Club's Thursday night finds and dinner? <laughs> and keep in mind, keep in mind, keep, so keep in mind. Before you answer, I do list my podcast as clean. So just go ahead. <laughs> right. That would that would that would definitely limit me. I'm okay. afraid. Um, okay. But that became that became kind of a tradition because. You know, again, with fines, we had like a little wheel of fortune type thing where you had to spin the wheel and like, oh, you know, uh, your fine would double the next week or you would have to shave your head or you'd have to sing a song or you'd have to get a spray tan or some something okay. like that. So it was all just, you know, goofy tongue in cheek stuff. And basically, you know, the whole joke thing started as like, oh, you have to get up in front of the footy club and tell a joke. And I did. And my favorite one was, you you may or may not have heard this one before. So a Texan uh, is on vacation or on holiday in Ireland. And he, wa- he walks into the pub and he makes a bet. He says, 
Now, I've heard that you Irishmen are really good drinkers. Uh, and I'm going to place a bet that you can't finish five pints in a row uh, without stopping and within less than a minute. And he's like, okay, you're on. And uh, so he, and then the guy leaves, the Irishman leaves. And the Texan is just there sitting in the bar. He's like, what's happening? Why did he leave? We, 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 we placed a bet. And then he comes back after about like 20 minutes. And then he drinks all the pints in a row without stopping. And he's like, yeah, pay off. And the Texan is you know pretty amazed. And he's like, dude, that's incredible. Like, uh, I was definitely right. <laughs> but why, why did you leave for like 20 minutes? And the Irishman just says, oh, that, that was my second run. I had to go to the other pub down the street to do some practice. <laughs> okay, that's, that's good. That's good. And I, I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I, it may have been a little bit more flowery when you told it, but I, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, now, how much did your footy develop over your year in Australia? Oh, see, see they, see they, uh, you know, I, I it, again, they actually asked you a legitimate question there. That that's from them, not from me. <laughs> oh yeah, again, I knew um, going in that my skills were going to be raw. That I needed to refine a lot of things, and again, lose a lot of those bad habits or unlearn those bad habits. But I know I, I'm coming back a much better, much fitter, much more intelligent footballer. And uh, yeah, obviously learning from so many different people and, you know, people who are willing to give me tips and pointers, you know, uh, again, got to give a few more shout outs. Richie, Richie Waruki, Barba, uh, always willing to help me out with my kicking style. Uh, Blake Richards, Mitch Gilbert, Jake Nucky. All those guys, you know, they were always really willing to, again, even if my questions got annoying or, you know, if I was dealing with something uh, or trying to perfect a certain type of kick, uh, you know, they were always patient with me. They were always encouraging. And again, they were always willing to take no, the piss out of me, too. So, this, was, this was you yeah, asking. This was you that. asking questions, helping to you know, learn how to become a better player. You know, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's to be applauded. Um, now, what was your favorite? What was your favorite yeah. moment overall with the footy club there? Too many okay. to list, but one of my favorites, one of my favorites was, um, Bonja came up with this, um, uh, like he, he was, he was really big on like the memes and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, he was all, this was when, um, that song Old Town Road was, was getting big and it was all over the radio. And, uh, so whenever we, uh, we would like go for our, our one or two lap warm up run before stretching and, then getting into training, Bonja and Rika, because of course, you know, they're the captain and vice captain. Uh, they would be the ones leading the charge. And so, and Bonja would always be like, I got the horses in the back when we started running and we would all crack up. <laughs> so that was definitely fun. And, uh, and yeah, like, um, again, we, we always had, we always had laughs off, off the field and we needed them because we had so many injuries that season. And, you know, we could have done so much better than we did, but it was really difficult. So, but we, it, you know, if you don't have your mates back, then you know, you're not a good teammate. Right, right. So it's, it's always good to be able to, to rely on each other, even when the season or even when the game doesn't go your now, way. Did, did you come out of the ski, the season unscathed or did you get banged up as well? Thankfully I, I was okay. unscathed, but we had players dropping, 
dropping like flies nope. every week. We had a guy tear like every ligament in his oh, knee. Man. We had a guy break his jaw. We, we had a guy rupture a couple other ligaments in his knee. Uh, we had other guys with like AC joint issues. Yeah. And we had one guy who lost a kidney in a game <clears throat> and he almost died. Wow. So, wow. Well, yeah, that was horrible. We, we, had, we had a guy named Mitch McLean. He was one of our, or McLean. He was one of our defenders. And this was at a game in Werribee. I wasn't playing that game in the Rezies or the seniors. So I was running water for uh-huh. them. And this was, and he was just going up to grab a mark in defense. And it was a pretty standard hit. There was nothing dirty about it. And the, the guy just hit him as he was trying to mark it. And this was like 15 feet away from me. Like I had to sprint to get out of the uh-huh. way because I was running right. water. But yeah, it just looked like a stand, it just looked like a standard hit. And then this is right before halftime, like five minutes before halftime. And then he staggers over to the sideline, says, or Sarah, uh, one of our trainers, she's trying to have a look at Mitch. And the second she touches him, he's like, don't touch me, don't touch me, I can't breathe. And then I'm, I'm you know, continuing to run water. I'm obviously concerned about it. And then five minutes later when it's halftime, I see Mitch. He's slumped over on the bench, slipping in and out of unconsciousness. The ambulance drives onto the okay. oval as halftime okay. starts. And they load him up in the they load him up in the ambo. As it turned out, the hit, the actual hit, ruptured his wow. kidney, and he had to have emergency surgery at the Royal uh, Melbourne Hospital. And he lost something like two liters of blood, and he still has like an eighteen inch scar on his abdomen where they had wow. to cut him open. And we all visited him in the hospital. Yeah, we all visited him in hospital. Um, he was in really good spirits. Uh, but yeah, he lost the kidney, and boom, career over, just like wow. that. So that's that's it was terrible. It was terrible. That was that was like halfway yeah, through the yeah. season, and it, we all it, it hit it hit us all really hard. And uh, thankfully, uh, us and Spotswood, you know, his former club, we combined to like give him a, a special jersey, thanking him for all the uh-huh. games he'd played, and we promised that he's still going to be involved in the footy club okay, at some good, point in the future. Good. We're just going to have to figure out a, a role for him. But it was terrible, like it, it just seeing how it happened and. You know, again, just like that, in a, just a regular hit in a yeah, regular game. You know, it's a one. It's like a one in five thousand chance wow. that you would ever have any any catastrophic injury like that. But he was just one. Yeah, the that, that, that's ones. that's terrible. You know, and I, I I'm going to go ahead and mention it here since you know you talked about your your dad having broken his collarbone four times uh, way back at the beginning of this. Mm. Um, when I was a kid, I mean a little kid, um, before I was even a teenager. I broke the same kid's arm three times. The same kid. Yeah, he oh, was wow. he was like five years older than I was. It was my best friend's older brother. I knocked him off the jungle gym in my backyard, mm. broke his arm. We were playing football. Ooh. We were playing football Jeez. in their backyard. I tackled him. He broke his left arm. The day he got the, the day he oh, got no. the cast off of his left arm, we were out playing ball in the backyard again. He decided to come out and play. I broke his right arm the day he got the cast off of his left arm. And this is a story. Ooh. This is a story that my, wow. you know, I, this st- story I told my son, you know, all his life. He's he's twenty three years old now, and uh, he's like, yeah, right, Dad. Okay, sure, that happened. Well, one day we happened to be we have we happened to be at Wendy's here in town, and one of the kids I grew up with happened to be there having lunch, and I said, uh, Roger, could you uh, could you tell my son about? Uh, you know, and I'm yeah, Randy, and I'm not going to say the last name. And he said, "Oh, you mean how you broke his arm three times?" And my son looked at my son looked at me. <laughs> you were telling the truth about that. 
I said, yeah, I was. I don't lie to you about anything. Well, and I and I could tell him, said, you know what? And I know that I'm telling the truth because that Roger I just asked is a county municipal judge. Somebody I grew up with around the corner who saw all three of these happen. He's a judge, so he's not going to be lying mm, about it. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So wow. two, two last questions here. One of them you may not want to answer. Who was your favorite person at the footy club? That's a hard one to answer. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm I get. I completely understand that. <laughs> I, maybe you get the wheel and spin that and come up with that one. Because, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume that Dino Shea. Okay, asked that was, 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 was he hoping you would mention his name then? <laughs> I mean, okay. I like to think that and he would. The, the last question <laughs> that they had, apart from yourself, which one of the boys was a crowd favorite with the ladies? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh! I'd say it's mm, a good one. I'd say it was Mark Paduto or Puds. Um, yeah, he's he had this little um, this little thing that happened on Footy Trip. Um, it, it it was like this little juggling thing he kind of did with like like after he was finished with a beer or something or or a can or a can of like Jack and Coke or something like that. He'd always kind of flip it around and play with it for a little bit and just kind of do a little juggle to himself. And we started, we started like privately um, doing like a hashtag puds challenge where like we would video ourselves trying to do it because none of us could do it exactly okay. like him. But, but yeah, puds, puds is, is pretty good with the ladies. Um, and he's, he's also, um, and, Thankfully for for the ladies, he's also good with kids because he's okay, a teacher. Well, there you go. So yeah, he's yep. a PE. Yeah, he's a PE teacher and a, and a pretty yeah. popular one. Like I imagine his coworkers have some similar goofy stories. As maybe, the maybe this do. will get heard yeah. in their uh, in their teacher staff room, and they'll they'll get to hear about some of these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I we we ran through the gamut of questions that I had here, and and you came out unscathed, and I. I, I am I'm I'm yeah no, I'm, I'm thrilled to have had a yeah. chance to talk to you um, again you know this is this has been my my interview with Rick Shibani and he uh, he's a member of the LA Dragons footy team and he also is one of the co-hosts of the Outside Fifty podcast um, Rick this has been a ton of fun it's made my Friday evening and it's only it's not even seven o'clock yet um, so I truly appreciate you coming on i'm looking forward to getting us out there for the uh the folks uh in australia to hear and hopefully you won't get too much hate mail if you um called somebody out that uh <laughs> that didn't want to get called out and don't give crystal too much grief for coming up with some of these questions okay oh <laughs> uh, i definitely won't but um yeah just i'm just amazed that you were able to reach out to so many people and hear some embarrassing stories and some not well, so embarrassing stories, but I definitely appreciate all the Caroline Springs guys and girls uh, hitting you up yeah. or you know you hitting them up and asking some questions. So I definitely appreciate it. Again, I miss all those guys every day. And if I can close with absolutely, one thing, absolutely. Um, as it relates, as it relates to everything we've talked about, like first, firstly, if you're a Yank, if you're playing footy, and you're still young enough to uh, take a working holiday in Australia and play footy down there, do it. You won't regret it. 
And also, secondly, I really want stuff like this to continue. Again, we've got so many talented players in America who just need more refining of their skills. And uh, I want to keep it going in terms of LA and Caroline Springs. And I want to see other sister club partnerships start happening. Like, it's a great idea. It's a great way to get people involved and get around it. And again, if you spend a year in Australia as a Yank and um, and play down there, you're, you're going to be much better for it as an athlete and as a person. Terrific. So, you know, if you're on the fence, if you haven't, you know, given it a go yet, or if you've always wanted to, you know, definitely give it a crack. And again, I just hope we can keep the lines of communication. Terrific. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I, I've enjoyed this conversation and I'm hoping we can, we can do this again about, you know, different issues as, as your podcast moves forward, as mine moves forward. Um, it was great. You know, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not that terribly well-versed in things going on with footy here in the States. I mean, I, I've, I've found the website, I've looked at the teams, I've, you know, I, you know, there's, there's a team about an hour away from me, um, the, the Cleveland team. And then there's the one in Columbus a couple hours away. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't delved too deeply into that yet. I've tried to get some of them, uh, to come on yet, but I haven't made any connections yet as far as conducting any interviews. But again, Rick, I want to thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. I hope uh, those of you who are listening, I hope you've enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Craig. Pleasure to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my interview with Rick Shaibani of the LA Dragons and the Outside 50 podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was an absolute blast to conduct that interview tonight, and I'm hoping to talk to Rick again very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, I honestly cannot tell you how fortunate I feel knowing that you're tuning in to listen to my show. It is humbling. That's the best word I can think of to describe it. That you are taking time out of your schedule, knowing how busy you are, knowing how many hours there are in a day, and you've made the choice to listen to me. I truly, truly appreciate it. If you're enjoying my podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would consider sharing it with a friend. You can find the link to the, the show in the show notes, or they could simply put a yank on the footy into their favorite search engine. And don't forget, while you can find all of my episodes on this podcast at a yank on the footy.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Now that you've listened, I would hope you'd think about giving me a review. I've had some great ones lately. One of them that said, this yank knows his footy. That was extraordinarily humbling. Um, and I uh, want to let you know that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Again, I'd like to thank Rick Shibani of the LA Dragons and the Outside 50 podcast for being my guest. I also want to thank Crystal from the Caroline Springs Football Club for helping me organize the questions at the end of the interview. They were truly a great deal of fun to present. Also, I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of two of his great pieces of music. Mr. McDade creates some fantastic music, and I'm using the pieces Elevation and Backplate. You can find Mr. McDade's work at josephmcdade.com music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks again for your hard work and your wonderful music. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you. Because while many of us are fans of our own teams, deep down we're a fan, and we are fans of a game that we all love. And that's the game of footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later.
This has been episode 12 of A Yank on the Footy, my interview with Rick Shaibani. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, goodbye.